everyone and welcome to the Artsy Creator Fresh Blood podcast. My name is Nabila Said and I'm the editor of Artsy Creator. Today we'll actually be talking to Patch and Panet, who is a kind of newish theatre collective, uh, started in 2017, uh, and it comprises three people, Krish Natarajan, Asli Sye, and Shamin Go. Um, so today we have Krish and Asli. So um, hi Krish. Hello. Hi Asli. Heyo. Uh, yeah, so maybe we can start with, um, well firstly you're here because you have a show coming up, right? Yes. Uh, and that's called Fika and Fishy, happening from February 14th to March 1st uh, at 11 Chander Road. And if you've never heard of that venue, don't worry, we'll talk to you about it. Um, it's basically in Little India, okay? Um, but maybe we can start with one of you telling us um, who is, or not who, but what is Patch and Panit? Okay, so Patch and Panit is a little collective that we started two years ago. And what we aim to do with Patch and Panit is kind of create millennial friendly work that is whimsical and wild, but at the same time we also want to kind of say something poignant with it. Mm. So we really have always done device work, so we kind of um, improvise and from there we transcribe and we create our scripts uh, together as a group. And yeah, we really just try to get as many young people in our theatres as possible. We really aim to create a comfy, cozy, intimate space so people can enjoy our shows and don't need to feel the pressure of like, oh, you know, I'm going to a theatre. But rather, hey, I'm just going to enjoy something that's going to be funny and make me think. It's a theatre group that doesn't take itself very seriously. Um, and we really, really like to play the fool. <laughs> playing the fool is fun. Okay. Uh. So is this like, was this a reaction to something that you saw that wasn't present in, in theatre in Singapore? I think it was a reaction to how Patch and Panat was in the beginning. Okay. So actually when we first started, uh, uh, Chris wasn't involved at all actually, it was just yeah. me, uh, <laughs> me, Dwayne and Lisa. And uh, Patch and Panat started out as a very serious theatre company. Right. right. So we started out with like um, a very boring looking logo, <laughs> the very boring looking like branding and typeface. Right. And the play that we put up, the first one, 2042, was a very serious double bill. Um, the first story was about um, a mother and son that lived in a post-apocalyptic Singapore. Mm. Then the other one was about a, a, a man who falls in love with, a, with an artificial intelligence. Right. That, was, that was played by Krish, the man, not the, not the AI. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so that was a very serious way of doing theatre, a very serious style. Right. Um, and then uh, I think after the play, after the show, we, we thought more about the company and whether or not we're going to put up more works. And that was when Krish and Charmaine joined the fold. And then uh, I think from then on, there was a little bit of, say, discussions, a um, few disagreements. And by the end of the entire uh, saga, we ended up with a very different patch and planet, uh, a response to what we were previously, which is serious theatre. And it's not that serious theatre is bad. I like serious theatre, mm. so that we have a lot of it in Singapore already. Mm. And um, so patch and planet was kind of a response to what was available in the market. Mm. I was wanting to present something that was alternative to what's already there la, you know? and I honestly think also the kind of people we are yeah. I feel like Patrick Pan is very reflective of our personalities it's loud it's noisy it's crude big mm. cock <laughs> yeah yeah Absol- absolutely <laughs> big cock, yeah. So, so so wait so this um, it's a bit like it's a bit like that Hamilton song right the, the room one? where it happens like, oh, I don't right, really yeah, understand yeah. what happened mm. in the room <laughs> but somehow there was a, a big like yeah. strategizing with tears involved yeah there was <laughs> um, a, few, a few people left I think uh, right. eventually it was just down to me Chris, Charmaine and Nisa I see yeah. okay okay 
and and but from the start, your name was Patch and Panet. From the start, right? from the very beginning. Uh, and I heard that it's a reference to millennials, it is, the it strawberry is. Yeah. generation. Just a funny story how it, how the name how how it started actually. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was uh, we were at a bar, and then I think Dwayne came to us with with a sto- with a story with a, with a play that he wanted to put up. Right. So we were talking about it. And then there and then I forget like it was it was at that point in time when there were a lot of articles about strawberry generation mm-hmm. and millennials out. Mm-hmm. Then I met this guy at the, there was this guy that we met at the bar, right? right. And uh, he he was like a early late late twenties, early thirties kind of guy. And he was like, I'm not a millennial. Please don't associate me with being a millennial. Mm-hmm. And I was like, What's your problem? What's, what's, like what's wrong with millennials? Like what, what's 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 your issue, you know? Why are you denying who you are, you know? And it's a generation thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got really quite, I was a little bit drunk, got a little <laughs> bit angry, and then uh, that was kind of the event that started this patch and planet thing, lah. Oh. So this millennial branding is a, it's a little bit taken from that particular argument that I had yeah. at the bar, yeah. wanting to make this guy hey realize that hey millennials aren't fucked up, you know, they yeah. aren't as bad as you think. You don't have to be so ashamed. We do cool things. We make yeah. stuff, you know. So this um the image of the strawberry gen generation like mm-hmm. are you embracing it or are you like actually rejecting it and saying it's we're mm-hmm. not like that? I think at some point I wanted to redefine it, right? Yeah, I think we want to kind of to redefine it. it. Want to reclaim the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, we can be lap sap, but we can also be profound. You know. Great, <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah, I think that's one thing about us. We, yeah. we want change, you know. We want, but we also want to have a good time. Right. Yeah. I don't think lap sub means what you think it does. Yeah, okay. I'm like, what, what, what's the definition that we're all agreeing it? Lap sub like, a bit naughty ah. By right, lap sub is like perverted, like perverse. <laughs> okay, like, well, I mean like naughty ah. Like lap sub uncle go lap sub KTV, go and sing something. like that. I think, I, think I, I do mean a bit like lap sub. Like a bit like dingy and naughty. And a bit like, filthy, a bit, a bit like, filthy, yeah, like I think head in the gutter. Yeah, I mean look at Barry, I think it's... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that is a little bit of how we are like. like Barry naturally. was a party was it a party? Barry's the mascot. Oh, so mascot. Barry's that's that's Barry. Oh, the strawberry. The strawberry. Yeah. His name okay. is Mr. Barry. Uh, okay. He had recently had a huge party at Pinball Wizard. Yes. It's really fun. I got I got fucked up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, and uh, I think basically he's he's our our mm. mascot, lah. It's like our. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Is he? Oh, why does he look like that? What do you mean, like what? <laughs> why, why, what do you have to say about how very right? His eyes are kind of like weird. Okay, yeah, okay. And he has only two teeth. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how many teeth strawberries are supposed to be, but he looks a bit. Oh, he's just a bit wild, you know? Yeah. He's a bit of a wild one. He's a bit cookie, okay. it's a bit trippy. Yeah. That's kind of the idea. Okay. Um, yeah, it's so supposed to be fun and wacky. Yeah. Right. I think the two, the two teeth lends to that quite nicely, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, lapsap, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, fika and fishy is not quite what people might think if they just heard the name mm. or even if they saw maybe some of the photos. Um, can you tell us more about what exactly it is? Uh, fika and fishy aims to be one of your kid shows but with a twist, almost like an adult cartoon on stage. Mm. So it's a heartwarming story. But it's also a crude and gross story with a lot of swearing and other things that you will see if you come down to the show. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's what we wanted it to be. Things like Bojack Horseman, right. South Park. Right. You know, it looks cute, right? It looks <laughs> cute. It's cute looking, but the, the themes that they tackle in the story or in the show, it's always going to be a little bit more adult, maybe a little bit more like dark, a bit yeah. heavier. Mm. So that's mm. kind of what Fika and Fishy is angled towards. So it's a relationship between a goldfish and a dog. Yes, so a goldfish that's been there for a while. She's been at her master's house for nine years and the dog is new. 
so we start to see a little bit of you know tension at the start when you know the goldfish is not a very friendly fish and mm. the dog is very excited to be in this new home mm. yeah. right and, and what are you using this to kind of like examine or look at? Um, I think we're looking at this comfort zone that we have, you know, this feeling of, you know, hey, I'm safe, I'm comfortable, but then are we really happy in this mm. comfort? And it also looks a bit about life and death, you know, the fish is getting older <laughs> and she also has her own dreams, but she can't really achieve them because she's a fish in a bowl. <laughs> so just this idea of freedom and, you know, agency. Yeah. Sort of like the, what, the whole place an extended metaphor for like what we deal with when it comes to comfort and happiness. Mm. That kind of that kind of idea. Right. In that sense. Yeah. Okay. Um how did you like actually put the show together? Is there like one playwright, one director type thing? Mm-hmm. Or how do you put it? So the first idea for the show came two years ago. When we did a 24-hour playwriting thing in my house. So we actually followed oh, so the format. No, no, we did it at ourselves. <laughs> a pirated uh, version. That we actually wanted to do for M1 Fringe, actually. Oh. This was meant to create a script for M1 Fringe like two years ago. And then from that, Charmaine came up with a story about a dog and a fish. And we were like, okay, let's put that on hold. Okay. And then we decided to revisit it. Yeah. And so she had the initial idea. I kind of developed it. Yeah. And then we both kind of came together and created the script. Right. Yeah. So, um, like, devised or...? We just talked, actually. There right. was a lot of talking. I mean, we had some rehearsals where we uh, had some improv scenes and then we transcribed from there. Mm. Um, but I would say this, compared to our mo- other two shows, was the most... It's been the most written show. Mm. Less transcribed. I see. Okay, mm. okay. So, there's, like, a collaborative writing yeah. type thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, did, we, did a col- we did collaborative writing for Stupid Cupid. And RPG. Yeah. So Fika and Fishy was the least amount yeah, of collaborative, collaborative writing. Oh. writing. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, actually, in terms of the three of you, right? How what are the different roles that you guys take? Um, and also, what are your backgrounds actually? Roles. Uh, we don't have roles. I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think everyone just tries to fight fires all the time. <laughs> yeah. So like, if, you know, if something needs to be done, and like, hey, I can't do it. I'm gonna ask Christian and Charmaine. If Charmaine can't do it, then like, everything else has to be sacrificed. Uh, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we don't have traditional roles, but we do have like, by and large, the things that we're more used to doing. Mm. I think Charmaine is more familiar with like finances. Mm. That's, that's, what we, uh, that's, that's, what, that's what she's doing most of the time. Mm. She's also um, performing, right? She's also performing. She is the fish. She's yes. the fish. Yeah. She's fishy. <laughs> the very originally named fish. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. But uh, myself right now for this one, I'm, I'm producing it. Mm. Um, but like we tend to do a mix of things yeah. like in previous plays I wrote a little bit here and there uh, I think the only thing that I don't do is act yeah right mm. he tries uh. <laughs> the auditions and we're like no it's <laughs> not good enough I've tried so many times guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. and then for Krish um, in terms of roles mm-hmm. like uh, yeah I mean pretty much at least some there I don't really have particular roles I mean for this show I'm directing right. my first time like directing kind of alone oh, so okay. that's fun stressful <laughs> worrying but <laughs> fun above everything else so yeah mm, okay and and what are your backgrounds or how do you how do you guys know each other Ooh. uh so let's talk let's start, let's start at backgrounds you know talk about your background okay, yeah i was in i was in sota and then i went to la salle with acting so i've always known that i wanted to do something theater related mm. so i actually met like Nisa and Charmaine and Duane through Young and Wild. Okay. So we kind of loved working together and then that's how I kind of joined this thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
So for me, I actually have no uh, background in theatre. I started out doing law. Mm. So I graduated uh, from a university in, in the UK, came back to Singapore. Mm. And I met Misa. Mm. And then that's how I got to know Krish. And that's when he kind of like the greatest showman me into yeah, he jacked in my ass. Okay, you mean that that thing in the bar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bar involved as well, like, like alcohol. No, I mean, no. a lot of things were involved at a lot of different points in time. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a gradual yeah. process. Yeah. Like. Okay. <laughs> he, he basically sang to me the other side for about six, six months to a year. <laughs> okay, but then were you? So you were not in theatre, and then mm-hmm. somehow you managed to get into it and I think the first the only place that I've seen were like musicals when I was overseas so like oh. Les Mis was the first one that I eh? no no Rocky Horror Show was the first one that I saw I think it was only after I started to work with Krish and then I realised that actually writing is pretty fun yeah. creation is pretty fun because yeah. uh, prior to that you kind of spend your whole life just consuming content consuming material never really stop to create something you know mm. not very big on arts and crafts don't have any real musical inclination uh, so writing, uh, writing, it's kind of fits the bill. Right. It's fun. Um, so Fika and Fishy, it's actually going to be done not in a traditional theatre space, right? Not mm. in drama box or all, all yeah. those other places. Drama centre, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but 11 Chander Road, which is in Little India, uh, quite near to where we are currently actually, right? Very. <laughs> so that's a shop house. I read it's a renovated shop house. I saw a photo before it was renovated mm-hmm. as well. So how <laughs> do you guys get, you know, Get it, get this kind of like lobang or like what? Hmm. What exactly is? So um, uh, my father has a friend okay. who uh, basically she has spaces all around Singapore, right. and you know we were always on the lookout for an unconventional space that's cozy that we can do our shows at, mm-hmm. and we just so happened to be lucky enough that th- we wanted to do the show in March originally, okay. and. We were lucky enough that this pocket of time was available to us after construction and before a tenant moved in. Oh. So we had to actually move it a bit earlier so that we can kind of fit ourselves right yeah. in that sweet time. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how it happened. So no, it's great. And yeah. I think the shop house works a lot better for us than like a traditional space. I think Abhijit was the lesson that I learned there. Mm. Yeah. Abhijit was, was in the arts house, uh, uh, it's in the black box. Mm. And because the space was so traditionally the- like theatre, yeah. you know, you, you've got the way the way that the architecture is laid out, it's yeah. very, very prim. Yeah. And it then primes it, the audience to a certain kind of expectation. Yes. Exactly. Or, yes. right? Yeah, it makes them feel like it's going to be a theatre show, right? Yeah. But like, Abhijit wasn't that. It was supposed to be cozy and intimate and very, very like, you know, kind of like, in a, in a living room kind of theatre. Right. So when we when we found the Eleven Chanda, we were like, this is perfect. This is exactly what we did for us to be Cupid. You know, mm. cozy shop house, so you get very intimate experience. Right. Yeah. It's been stupid. Cupid was also in yeah. a similar space. Yeah, it was yeah. at the moon. It's at the moon. So so this space would actually kind of like it helps you tell the uh, make the kind of theatre present the kind of theatre, um, or create the experience that you want. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, fishy, yeah. and also like your brand of theatre in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Couch, a couch, um, pillows, blankets, um, carpets. Mm. This time around we got floor chairs because yeah. people were talking about how uncomfortable it is to sit on the floor without a backing. So we got some floor chairs, <laughs> you know. So it's a very cosy space. Then uh, we've got a bar in the back mm-hmm. selling like um, fika and fishy themed drinks. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, we've also got a little merchandise booth selling our t-shirts and our tote bags and stuff like that. Right. Mm. The alcohol, like, are you partnering with like people or like who's doing? Uh, my brother. <laughs> he's, he's a bartender. Yeah, okay, he's a bartender. So yeah. He's he's really interested in creating like bespoke cocktails. I see. So mm. 
that's what we thought why not create yeah. a cocktail for fika and create a cocktail for fishy yeah and while you're talking about experience i think the the key thing about fika and fishy is that it's actually well the way i see it is that it's a it's a unique experience mm. that, that involves theater that it's based around theater you know right. yeah. so in, in addition to the show itself we also have like a we're also going to be having dog adoption drives on some days oh. before the show so you've got a whole chanda space yeah. the ground floor is not going to be used so um, but yeah, so it's supposed mm. to be an experience you, know, you come for the adoption drive in the daytime Maybe you drop by Taka Market for lunch mm. You know, maybe swing by one of the bars somewhere to get a midday drink You know, maybe they give you a promo code <laughs> you, know, you come for the show, sit mm. down, come a, a bit earlier, snack the couch You know, chill with your friends, talk a little bit and then the show starts up Right So it's, a, it's supposed to be an experience, theatre is a lifestyle Right yeah. that, that reminds me of like, um, the Adventures of Abhijit, right? Which, how you were kind of talking about migrant worker rights, but without actually talking about that particular issue, right? And doing it in the form of like a comedy and like a farce. But then I saw on your Instagram that you're posting photos of like migrant workers who, you know, had issues about treatments yeah. and injuries and things. So there's quite an interesting mix of this, like your work, you may be doing it in a not serious form, but it yeah. doesn't mean that it's not kind of like yeah. powered by a certain yeah. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, real life issues. Yeah. So is that something that's important? Yeah. For you guys? Yeah, it I is, mean, it I is. think definitely we have things to say. I mean, I feel like there's no point in creating a theatre company if, you've, if you're not going to say anything with the work yeah. you're creating. I mean, then it's just all fun and dandy, right? Like, yeah. I feel like it's important to talk about things. Yeah. And I think that's what Pachapanet aims to do. Maybe, I mean, I don't know, I feel like recently we've been figuring out maybe we don't want to say a lot of political things, right. but maybe things that concern us. And I think that's our attempt with Fika and Fishy. Yeah. Hmm. Less political or s- social issues yeah. but more you know your everyday millennial thought mm. yeah. you know, at the end of the day you cannot play the fool without a little bit of profundity you know right. otherwise you're just a fool yeah so i think f- for us it, it really is about like delivering something that is insightful and meaningful especially from a millennial perspective yeah and clothing it in in madness right clothing it in nonsense and then comedy and farce and drama that's kind of what we can for most of the time right yeah um, so as a kind of like a younger theatre company, um, what, what are some of the challenges that you guys face? Money! <laughs> Money! Um, yeah, funding is tricky. Um, marketing. Marketing is a little tricky. I think funding got trickier because uh, I think when we first started, when we first started producing Fika and Fishy, that was when the deadlines from NAC changed. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so money is a big issue, especially when it comes to like trying to secure private sponsors. Mm. People don't really want to do sponsorship in cash. Right. They want sponsorship in kind. Mm. But depending on the nature of your show and the story, sponsorship in kind might be a little bit hard to secure. Mm. You know? And um, other than that, without, like, as a small company, as a young collective, we don't have a very big following. So in terms of patrons and donors, yeah. it's going to be a little bit you know, bleak. Right. So for the most part, it's just bootstrapping, uh, you know, mm-hmm. finding a way to get like, pay for things, uh, dipping into our own savings, um, stuff like that, to really make ends meet. Yeah. But other than that, I think um, marketing la, and promotion is mm-hmm. another issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in a country where there's a lot of things to do. Yeah. There's a lot of activities to go for, there's a lot of events. And they're just fighting for that visibility. Mm. They're fighting for that space to be heard. Um, and you're hoping that people will come and watch the show because you know that you've got a good uh, story to deliver. Yeah. yeah. It's, quite funny that, it's quite funny that you feel social. Uh, it's 
marketing because mm-hmm. I feel like as when I look at your Instagram at least like your social media game is strong oh thank you I mean I think so mm-hmm. so I feel like you have that itch over the other you know mm. like more established companies who may not know how to use this space mm-hmm. just because they're not being uh, used to you know using it on a day to day basis mm-hmm. and you guys as millennials and your audiences are also like there mm. kind of thing so that's also that could also be an opportunity it's true it's true, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I think being familiar with social media is, is, is definitely helps so you guys are also part of Wild Rice Young Company Residency Program. Mm. So that's kind of a new-ish thing, right? Very. Um, so what, what is that and what kind of support do you get? So um, we are, the, one of the first things is we are given the acrobat space before they actually vacate it for rehearsal. So that's been really helpful for Fika yeah. to have a nice space to work in. Um, we are also given like support when it comes to the dramaturgy of Fika and Fishy. So mm-hmm. like... Uh, for example, we just had a preview yesterday, so um, Ivan and Thomas came down for the preview, gave us their feedback, so things like that. They're really like, you know, helping us along the way, especially for this production. A lot of consultancy, uh. so they yeah. basically gave us a lot of advice on marketing, fundraising, securing sponsors. Um, I think Thomas worked a lot with Chris on the script. Mm. Yeah. You know? what, what does it mean to have that kind of like support? Like beyond like tangible stuff, right? What about the... I mean, like... Spiritually? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like... I, yeah. I mean, I think it's nice. It always mm. feels nice. It mm. feels nice to know that, you know, you're being supported. And like, mm. I don't know. I mean, I think it's really, it's really wonderful that it's like, okay, you guys have potential. Now, let us like reach out and help you. It's not mm. competitive, you know? Mm. And it feels... It feels nice that it's not competitive. Because mm. you would think that, you know... We're living in this world where, you know, I have to sell more tickets than you. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it just feels good to be supported, yeah. like, honestly. Like, it's not a zero-sum game, right? Yeah. So it's nice to kind of, like, have a... Yeah. Especially, like, across generations yeah. as well. Because often it's, like, even with, like, the strawberry generation kind of argument, it's almost like pitting the older generation and the younger generation. Mm, yeah. But when there might not actually be that yeah. differentiation. Yeah. Um... Okay, well, let's close it off with one last question. What are your hopes for the Singapore theatre scene? I, I think like the Singapore theatre stream needs to go mainstream if it wants to survive. Mm. Like, we need to be able to make Singaporeans or convince Singaporeans that theatre is, is a meaningful thing that they should add to their lifestyle. You know, it should be something that everyone enjoys, yeah. regardless of what your station is in life. Mm. And I feel like what theatre should be doing in Singapore at least is to try to reach out to ordinary Singaporeans because mm. it can't always be the case about making theatre for theatre people you yeah. know you've got to find a way to kind of reach out to them and um, I think right now theatre seems to be a bit of a niche yeah. and niche markets have a limited expansion like size you know you can't, you can't really get that big um, and if you really want to kind of focus on the arts in Singapore and uh, you know tell Singaporeans meaningful stories that are not about our boys being, like, becoming men then like we kind of have to yeah. broaden the market a little bit more Mm. and kind of like going back to the roots of theatre like in Asia historically right Mm -hmm. it was never like just one kind of enjoying it as everyone yeah it was the common man's pleasures if you go way back isn't it kind of like always a bit farcical got people vomiting and drinking yeah yeah I mean mean, it's festival yeah it was a very big thing yeah so I think over time theatre became a little bit more um, reserved for the affluent Mm. you know uh, reserved for it's I mean, it is intellectual, but everything is, you know. Right. It doesn't have to always present itself as intellectual, you know. Mm. Uh, I think we shouldn't be afraid of, like, entertainment. I think that shouldn't be a dirty word. Mm. Um, 
I think not not everything can be a very profound and intellectual piece, and only like a small proportion of the of the, of the population understands it. Mm. You know, so yeah, that's what I think theater theater should be in the future. Okay, what about Krish? Yeah, I just want everyone to come to the theater. I want everyone <laughs> to have a great time in the theater, and I want it to be inclusive and also collaborative. I feel like. There are a lot more other youth companies around us that are doing some great work too, mm. and I feel like, you know, why not just support each other and help each other out and you know fight this drought of money or whatever yeah. together, you know. So yeah, I just I just feel like I want it to be a space where everyone can feel comfortable with. I don't know, that might be idealistic. I have no <laughs> idea if that will ever happen, but you know, one can only hope. <laughs> I feel like it's the job of the young to be a bit idealistic. If yeah. not, you it's just gonna be doom and gloom. Yeah. Then yeah. nothing changes. Yeah. Um. Well, on that hopefully rallying note. <laughs> um, uh. Thank you so much for being here and talking to me about the show and what you know what you guys stand for. It's been really interesting. Um. And I hope people all go out and buy lots of tickets to Fika yes, and Fishy. Yes, we hope so too. Fika and Fishy drinks. Fika and Fishy merchandise. And, yeah. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs>